We are back with another episode of Everyone is Stupid Except Us. I am Ross. I am Sean. And joining us this week, uh, episode 11, for the very first time, we are going to have a special guest. And our special guest is a friend of ours from some time ago, who we know for a while, is Flora. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And I was thinking about this. I don't know if we've ever done, like, last names or things, so I'm trying not to oust everyone's privacy settings. So for the purposes of security, uh, Flora will be Flora Wienerstein Proudmore. That's your new fake last name. Siphonated. Your mother's dangerously very... close to her actual name. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I would, I would hyphenate anyway. So that's true to my spirit, right there. Yeah, but a few people know that the hyphen is in between the Wiener and the Steen Proudmore, and it's actually a vertical hyphen. <laughs> <laughs> I have Swedish blood, so. Well, like in a jar. <laughs> Anyway, uh, stuff that we're going to talk about this week, um, that uh, it's really, it's not all that much different than we would talk about. We didn't do anything specific or special just because Flora's here. Flora is actually from America, so we decided that we're going to talk about the uh, hurricane that's currently wiping its way through North and South Carolina, I believe, right now, which is, <laughs> hilariously enough, Hurricane Florence. So I think we planned this way too well. Yeah, I'm noticing, Ross, did you do this on purpose that you would have in our notes Hurricane Flora? Was that a Freudian slip or were you, you know, just... That's me probably trying to be clever, but... Oh. <laughs> that never well, works. Some of the other stuff we wanted to talk about is specifically the super the sudden popularity of taxidermy and or dead things. So I'm not sure if goth girls are sort of back in back in vogue now or not. Um, next is a question that has apparently brought up a number of strange conversations. I, I brought this up at a party one time, which is, other than humans, what Earth species would be scariest to have a zombie apocalypse? I think I said this was going to be in the last episode two weeks ago, and then we just forgot to talk about it. So hopefully we'll get to that one today. You do tell a lot of lies. I do make up a lot of crap. Uh, and then one of the things that we want to also talk about is pretty much... People that we don't like in general, or just people that make no sense. Or I, I have, I have an old friend from high school who is a really mouthy vegan on Instagram right now, and I'm uh, having a hard time with it. Flora apparently met an anti-vaxer, and the it was not quite what she was expecting it to happen. And Sean is pissed off about people who complain to the government. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, you're not upset about that anymore? We can cross that one off the list? Uh, it's not. It's it's a thing that needs to be discussed. But All right. No, it's not something that I am terribly upset about. Uh, so first off, in the hot news right now, I just had a quick peek. Uh, as of <laughs> as of recording this, Hurricane Florence hit, uh, was it South Carolina first it was landfall? Or North Carolina? There's so many California. Yeah. California's. Carolinas. North California is North when California. Hurricane Florence hit. And... It, it downgraded really quick. It was a Category 4, and then it got downgraded to a 3, and then a 1. But I've been learning a little bit about the system of categorizing hurricanes, because that's based on the maximum speed, and that's it. Where the real problem with this hurricane in particular is there's so it's so huge. It's so wide that there's an amazing amount of rain, where it's not that the wind is knocking everybody's... Uh, you know, bikes over. It's just that it's dropping so much rain and drowning everyone's bikes. At ludicrous speed, apparently. It are the speeds back up? Because I thought it, it was downgraded to a just a tropical storm, so it's not like a hurricane is battering things. But it's just that it's bringing so much rain; they are up to their hips. 
mostly across at least one state, if not two. Yeah. I don't know. I I have friends who were trying to come down for a wedding and they were grounding flights and like telling people not to try and go there or, or leave there. <laughs> Everyone evacuate, but whatever you do, don't evacuate. Not through the air, because that's a bad choice. That's a terrible choice. That's where, that's where all the rain is. That's where they make it. Our pla- our planes aren't waterproof. Are you stupid? <laughs> Sean, did you find anything? Are you watching the hurricane at all? Not really. No, I uh, uh, haven't existed for like a week, so it's. Uh, oh, that's right. You were kind of, you were off grid for a little bit on vacation. Yeah, I'm. I came back and realized that Trump was still president. So stop looking at the news. Yeah, that's that's basically my protocol. I found out that the hurricane was still going because I was in like this little Italian noodle shop. I was eating meatballs and I looked up and there was a guy who looked like he was drowning while trying to give a report. So I don't, and I don't even know if they were like trying to make it look like the hurricane was happening or whether he was just literally axed there, but he was having struggles and that's, that's all I really know about there. I, I had to go into the car dealership, and this was on Friday, so this was the day of hitting the landfall, and the, yeah, it was up on the, on all the TVs in the, in the visiting section, uh, you know, the waiting area of the, of the car dealership, and they had the usual swath of, here, here is, you know, we're, we're now gonna go live to Sandra, who's outside wearing a raincoat, shouting really loud. And they seem to do this every time. It, I, I, I wish that, News organizations could just trust that we know what weather looks like when they tell us what weather is happening. Well, maybe, maybe weather has I changed. I like if they say there's a there's a thunderstorm out. You don't know. Maybe it's changed since the last time. <laughs> but it's just, we're outside and the hurricane was lots of really strong winds and it's dangerous to be out here and you should all be evacuated, but people still seem to be here. Yeah. You still seem to be there. Right? You're telling everyone that it's dangerous to still be around, but you're standing there because for some reason, does this validate some sort of journalistic uh, media presence where where we have to be right here at ground zero? We're coming from you. We're coming to you live from the inside of the forest fire where two of our cameramen have been burned to death. The, the person I was watching was like, you couldn't hear him. And he was literally like he was falling over trying to give the weather report like the wind was literally blowing him over and you have to wonder why they would keep the camera rolling when this man is like clearly not able to even like he could barely hold on to his mic i think it comes up every now and then when they do one of these when a big storm comes up where someone occasionally says afterwards why do we force our media our journalists to stand out and we have all their whole staff outside in this dangerous situation and so many of them have been injured knocked over uh, lacerated by flying debris it keeps happening and yet in the very next hurricane there they are outside the studio when someone nice and warm inside the studio says well now we're gonna go and show you what rain looks like (laughs) In case you forgot, here here's what crappy weather out. is. Like, it's really bad out. I think it's schadenfreude. I think people like to watch people suffering, and it doesn't matter, like, what, what, how you do it, but there has to be, like, ooh, can we maybe, like, watch somebody who's having a really hard time enjoy this a little bit more? Because, like, who watch it? Who's, like, turns on the television and is like, ooh, I really want to watch weather. <laughs> There's a weather channel. No, but, you know, for like, oh, I want to know what temperature <laughs> it is. But, like, then they say, well, you know, we might as well, we're producing this for someone, so we need people watching it. So let's just 
put the people reporting under like enough discomfort. For at least a decade, though, we've been getting uh, submitted videos. You know, like when um, when that nuclear uh, disaster happened in Japan Fukushima. and power led to. Uh, oh no, it was the tsunami. I'm sorry, I'm totally off my head. The tsunami, and we watched that video of the wave just crashing against a bridge and just busting it apart. Cars just instantly got swarmed into everything. It was this above helicopter shot. They didn't have a guy live on the ground saying, the tsunami is, you know, 20 meters away from me now, 10, 5, more. They didn't do that. They, they had the, the aerial shot and then some calm indoor anchorman just saying, well, this is, uh, this is truly disastrous. Watch, watch that wave hit, hit over. Where the, the narration, I feel, is enough with the stock footage or the, the, the footage of the live footage that's being submitted by either an, some other mostly safe up in the air news group, because we all know helicopters can't get wet, and people sending in their, their Twitty, tw- Twitty. <laughs> Tweety videos. Tweety, Tweety the Tweety videos. You know, Conway Twitty. So I, I don't understand why they're still throwing, <laughs> throwing these reporters out. Unless they don't like them. It's just just kind of some weird retirement plan. (laughs) Oh, throw Jefferson out there. We really don't like Jefferson. It gonna rain. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's my beef with reporting on hurricanes. But again, um, uh, what's a way of doing this that doesn't sound pretentious? There's not. Go ahead. Please no one die from the hurricanes so much. There. Yeah. (laughs) We should, that that should handle everybody. Very good. Ross, thanks. Stop Ross. dying. Uh, Flora was curious about talking about cool the coolness of dead things and taxidermy at large. I looked this up, and maybe taxidermy is on an upswing, but I think it's kind of a long upswing since maybe lo- lo- losing a little bit of its peak popularity <laughs> in say the fifties. I don't. I don't really know. Well, I mean, there there are a lot of reasons people stuff dead things, and I think. I feel like it probably a lot of it started out as like, I don't, I'm pulling this out of my butt, but like museum culture and like hunting culture. But now, like if you look on social media platforms, it's like all these women are like, ooh, I really like dead stuff. So I'm going to like learn how to taxidermy things or like get flesh eating beetles and make bones into jewelry. And it is like this whole thing. I feel like Kat Von D and some other like kind of like gothy stars are really into this. So is this maybe the cats? It's like people are really all of a sudden obsessed with like ugly, morbid, creepy things. And I think taxidermy is basically like the best smoothie of like blended ugly morbid and creepy that you can get you you and i travel in very different circles i just want to throw that out there i live on instagram so goth girls was a thing and i remember that being kind of an emergency thing so so is this maybe that the goth girls have grown up maybe by 10 years and have decided that maybe not just wearing black makeup and and wearing heavy black clothes doesn't turn head so much anymore so we got to go take it to the next level it's it's different because it's like it's also tied into this rising interest in like the occult and witchy so it's not goth so much as they're like ooh, i'm commuting with nature and bone it's like this very like high fashion appropriation of something that already existed you know like well anything else but like yeah it's instead of wearing like indian headdresses and like bindies on their foreheads are like "Ooh, i'm going to wear witch outfits play the phone yeah the, the hippies seem to go back and forth between buddhism and is do you say wiccanism no, or is it just wiccan paganism wicca is different it's, yeah. it's like witchcraft okay 
paganism, but yeah, okay. because Buddhism was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Buddhism was a big thing for a number of uh, of earthy hippies because then they could they could wear you know in Indian East Indian style clothes and and jewels. Oh, please tell me there's an East Indian Wiccan. That would be awesome. Oh, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure there are. There's blending of everything, dude. You go to Coachella, and that's basically what people are dressing. It's also pissing everybody off. Now. Obviously, Sean and I know what Coachella is, but for the sake of our, you know, limited audience, would you mind explaining what? I'm not even sure if I could. It's like a festival where rich people go to wear costs, listen to fans. It's Burning Man where you don't have to be filthy. Yeah, no, it's it's like Burning Man for like millennials with trust funds. Because I thought the whole purpose of Burning Man was... A, a money, a bartering system. It's to do peyote and be filthy. It's it's a one hundred percent bartering system where you don't exchange funds or anything while you're there. Yeah, no, I don't. I I think the only way that it is like Burning Man is that it's a festival with like people wearing weird shit. I don't think Burning Man. It's like I read about Burning Man recently. It's it's completely. It's it's just that it's a big festival. I think Coachella is much more of a like be young and beautiful and on acid and eat weird. I don't I don't. I'm I'm on top of that. Uh, there's another question. Has Tom been to either? I feel like this might be kind of up his alley, but not. I don't think Tom smells enough like patchouli to go to either of those events. I think Tom likes bathing too much. He is a rather clean and cut individual. We all love Tom. He's so dreamy. So goths, or yeah. So this is maybe some sort of modern. Gods, and you're saying they're selling a beginner witch kit? Uh, yeah, so people are up in arms about this because Sephora, which is a makeup company, has basically decided to to sell these like basically ritual objects, like you know tarot cards and smudging sticks, which are like people are using sage indigenous communities and have been for years and years. That's part of their traditions, and then like some make- makeup companies, like oh. We're just going to take all these things, put them in a box with some crystals, sell them to 22-year-olds as a beginner witch kit so they can go home and be like, look at me. It's probably geared more towards the 14, 15-year-olds, but okay. No, it's not. It's it's like... It's, it's not Claire's Black? Fancy <laughs> brand. Like, yeah, quite fancy. But it, it's basically like a, des- a designer be a witch person. I don't know. See, I was expecting you to go a different way with the up in arms. I was expecting to hear more about, you know, a Republican senator saying, they're corrupting our God-fearing youths. But apparently the indigenous people are up in arms because they're stealing from their culture and putting a goth spin on it? No, I think, well, I think everybody's up in arms because everyone's stealing each other. Well, everyone's up in arms because you have a gun problem, too. (laughs) Burn! Swish! (laughs) I'd like to point out the, the, the... The main thing that I think I'm seeing, I'm not trying to explain any of this away or say, you know, oh, it's not that bad. You're just getting old like the rest of us. But the fact remains that this, none of what I've heard so far is new. Everything is cyclical. And this, I remember when I was 17 and first in university, the Coles bookstore used to sell like a beginner Wicca kit that had like tarot and stuff like that in it. You know, it's like this, this kind of catering to the youth who want to be rebellious the thing the, the people that they're selling this beginner witch kit to with with their black eyeliner and their smudge sticks are the children of the people who did this 20 years ago who who are now rebelling against their parents in a way that they think <laughs> is new and shocking when it's in fact the exact same thing their parents did so 
If they really want to rebel, they should mow the lawn without being yeah. asked or clean their room. I think it's different because, like, I know what you're talking about with, like, the tarot kit and the book. But I think it's more that they're taking, say, like, things that some people have been using as part part of, like, a religion that they've been practicing. And that are, like, have some sort of spiritual significance to them. And then making it, like, branding it. As like, and you see what I'm saying? It's more like, does that make sense? Like, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, and I do see things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, cultural appropriation to the youth is not something that's really new or or, or innovative. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, I'm sure so, it, it, everything like that goes. You know, there's all of a sudden everybody's wearing leather with fringe oh you know it's like there's there's things that i'm sure if i thought about it i can't come up with any examples at the moment but i'm sure there's things that 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 have been sold to the youth that are appropriated from other cultures that probably don't appreciate you know the fact that we have you know you go and look at not so much anymore but when i was a kid you used to be able to go and buy the cowboy and Indian Halloween costumes. It's like, yeah, let's dr- dress a kid up in red face paint and a feathered headdress and send them out to collect candy. That's not offensive to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, you, might as well been, put, you might as well put them in blackface. Haven't they been doing this? Yeah, everything except the blackface has been sold to uh, young white kids through the hip hop industry for yeah. years and years. You know, nine old white guys up at the 37th floor tower talking about marketing. They said, oh, you know, there's this new Jay-Z thing out. And how's Jay-Z wearing his pants today? Great. We'll market those pants out of the the gap. As you say, I think just that the young white suburbanites are the people who don't have their own culture. So they're (laughs) looking to absorb. They're like tofu. They're looking to absorb whatever flavor that they can be steeped in. Cultural appropriation is our culture. Well, that's exactly the thing. (laughs) Awful. Well, yeah. It's because everyone is stupid except us. Yeah. You know, it's going to be sagging pants and wearing a a sari and, you know, all these things that that young white people, if you walk through, you walk through Acadia campus, there's going to be a bunch of people, a bunch of young white kids in traditional dress of some culture that they are not part of. Numerous ones, in fact. Yeah. I mean, it's, it spreads across and you you got all the ones wearing the East Indian garb and they've got, you've got your jewels and the the dreadlocks, white kids with dreadlocks. White kids with dreadlocks. Cool. And then they try to tell you that it's healthier or something. I forget the reasons they do it. You get the people, you know, and they're and they're wearing like the the traditional like coarse woven shirts and they're barefoot and it's like Ugh. gross. You're going to get like But do you know how many animals they kill to make all the soap products and shampoo and I'm Lots I'm of them, I'm, don't worry I'm a about vegan it. so that we stop killing animals. Uh-huh. Mhm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know how many dinosaurs had to die so you could drive your day? <laughs> Save the dinosaurs. <laughs> um, do we do we hate goth things enough? Yep. I mean, we're not really solving. I, I don't think we're solving the problem. Are we going to solve the problem? What is the solution? There's no solution a- to this problem. Yes, there is. Anytime you see a teenager uh, culturally appropriating something, you get to walk up to them and smack them upside the head. Good smack. Get, get rid of all the young white people. That's the final solution. <laughs> ooh, ooh, and 
You had another. You had another white child. I'm sorry. That's going to have to be taken away and put in a oh, residential school. One, one white child. One white child for family. Sorry. <laughs> and then you. You want more children? You you have to adopt them from ma- somewhere. Mail away for some from Somalia, like Angelina Jolie. Yeah. She's 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 got yeah. uh, she's got a good head in her shoulders. That that girl, and Angelina Jolie. She's going places. Yeah. I'm sure we'll be reading her about her in the in the news at some point soon. Um, yep. running for president. Angelina speaking of humans, my. <laughs> Okay, my question that had, that had come up. This is this has sparked a lot of a lot of debate among everybody I have asked this question to. But I, I like this one. So let's say the the fictional idea of a zombie apocalypse is usually that it hits humans in some f- different stories. Sometimes it spreads to you know horses or dogs, and then the dog becomes a zombie undead, and then the horse or the horse becomes a zombie undead. But for the most part, it's it's stuck to humans. So I thought, what if humans were immune? What movie are you watching where there's a zombie horse? Wasn't um wasn't there one in The Walking Dead? Maybe I'm crazy. No, not in The Walking Re- Dead. Resident was, Evil had dogs. I was gonna say if it's gonna be anywhere, it's gonna be in a Resident Evil movie. Oh slash yeah. No, but then Resident Evil got crazy strange, and they weren't even creatures anymore it was just here here's a big pile of muscle fiber and it's undead here's a big pile of goo (laughs) it's slowly slurshing after you (laughs) slurs faster Uh, struggle away as fast as you can but my question is other than so if humans are immune to the virus and but something some animal on earth was hit with a uh, species specific zombie outbreak virus what would be the scariest one and what usually comes down to is you try to get smaller and smaller and smaller, which is why Sean's argument of ants, yes, zombie ants, that's crazy scary. But then when, when I mentioned that, someone said, oh, well, you can't go down to flies because what's next? Zombie bacteria? And it's it's after you? They're already zombie bacteria. They're all- Yeah, that's that's like actually- Fle- That's flesh-eating bacteria, man. That's a thing. Well, there you go. So what what seems to make the, the question a bit more interesting or a bit more fair is you say, all right, what's the scariest mammal? Squirrels. Like to be a zombie or in general? Because I, I, I agree, squirrels. <laughs> Both. <laughs> to be a zombie. Oh, koalas. What? They They're, already have see, chlamydia. I, I, I was trying to think of it from a worldwide scariness oh. potential so like what what animal is everywhere so like just don't go to don't go to australia problem solved exactly so, octopus that's a funny mammal that is a weird looking mammal i'll tell you that so i went to things that there are a lot of and i've heard the argument cats seems to be a big one and they're like because they're already in our houses and we don't know how many wild ones there are well yeah and they have like superhuman abilities and then one of the ones that i thought and i got a few people uh thinking about it way too hard is cows zombie cows because cows, cows and sheep, there are so damn many of them on Earth. So yeah. damn many. And then someone said, oh, but cows are really slow and docile. And I said, yeah, but <laughs> that's not what a zombie cow would do. <laughs> if, if a cow suddenly got a, a, it was infected and became an angry zombie, it would just sit there and say, oh, well, you know, grass, whatever. <laughs> like maybe cows have been zombies for 40 years and we didn't even notice. Yeah. We've been eating zombie meat. Activate them like music. Like, have you ever seen a ton of cows all go to one place if they hear music? Can't say that I have. You haven't seen that YouTube video where they're all dancing to the Macarena? Yeah. <laughs> Mambo number five comes on. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, just hearing a sound and the cows all coming, like your car, like starts playing the radio and you're mobbed by zombies? There's a lot of other parts of this because in in most of the zombie uh, fiction, you get they don't 
move quickly. So it's all about shambling and moving really slow. So I, you wouldn't get a thundering stampede of zombie cows, I don't think. They'd be moving almost as slowly as they currently do. There's some fast zombies movies where they're fast. Certain ones. Yeah. So you'd have, you'd have to establish a large amount of rules. But for the most part, I think cats, dogs, cows, and sheep were up there with my scariest mammals. But you're still going with squirrels? Yeah. You can get into everything. Like, they can infiltrate any structure, and that scares me. Yeah, they're... But, I mean, then you could also lump pretty much any rodent into that, like mice or rats. Well, I think rats would probably be the worst. Just, Voles. Yeah. Well, they're just <laughs> easy. But, like, rats can already chew through a steel pipe. What? They can? Yeah. Yeah, rats can, like, chew through steel. Zombie ground. Uh, yeah, it's horrifying. Prison break, rat. Alligators. That's too blatant. Bite strength. Well, the thing is, is that they already... Not a mammal. No, but the thing... I don't know that that would be much of a difference, is, what, is my thing, because they already will kill you if you get too close to them, and they're already horrifyingly powerful. So, it'd be like, you know, oh, polar bear! It's like, well, if, if you ever come across a polar bear, it doesn't matter if it's a zombie or not, you're probably already dead. What about a zombie pigeon? That's horrifying. Ah. See, now we're getting back into birds, and which is why we strayed away. I, I tried to make mammals a bit more interesting because as soon as someone mentions birds, it's usually, yep, all right, we're, yeah. we're boned. That's it. We're completely screwed if, if it's a zombie outbreak of birds. Yeah. Because one, they're everywhere, and two, they can get everywhere else. And they could pass the virus through just shitting on people. <laughs> and, and everything. And everything. Mm. Oh, but that... So that's the thing. The the zombie virus does not... Like, humans are immune to pigeon zombieism. If we take anything away from that, that is that is the rule. So they, they can kill us. They can, like, slash us and, you know, bloodletting and eat us and everything like that. But a dead human from a zombie pigeon does not become a zombie pigeon or zombie human. So Okay. So the virus is not transferable. It's just... It is among pigeons. It works the same way as every other human zombie movie works. Because in a zombie human movie, a zombie doesn't eat a rat, and then the rat dies and becomes an undead rat and scurries away. I, I can almost see the rails from where we are right now. But we've gone so far off of them. <laughs> They're just a speck <laughs> in the distance. It was just a question! So, I, so I, to go back to the ants, how did the... If we were saying ants, because I like the ants can fly, but they can also, like, lift... Yeah really heavy things like so how would this what would patient zero in any of these animal populations or like an ant how would the ant get the initial virus i think that's a technical question outside the scope of this uh discussion but yeah that that's why it's fictional how do humans get the zombie virus in fact they, they haven't you know someone it's usually just some stupid uh scientific experiment you know someone's pissing around with zombie ants for whatever yep. reason some sort of bioweapon. Oh, we'll release zombie ants in Yemen and Do we have a lot of geopolitical issues with Yemen? Oh, jeez. Don't we? Do now. Oh, who's ding? That was my uh, that was my text message from Yemen. <laughs> you saying something bad about Yemen? No, who's talking about Yemen? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to talk to Siri about citrus, and now I have like this. <laughs> Turns out I was talking to Syria. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, no, it's Saudi Arabia that's really pissed at us right now. Specifically Canada. Oh, oh, about the... Uh, I don't know what they're pissed about. Yeah. They're just pissed. Because someone... Yeah, because Canada was all like, hey, maybe you guys could stop being dicks. Or... <laughs> and they said, how dare you call us dicks? Racism for yeah, a third racism time. Yeah, racism for a third time. 
Now, uh, going back, we were sort of pooping on vegans and hippie flower childs and things, and that that was more into the third. That doesn't uh, sound the third like part us. that I was going to kind of talk about, which this was a number of people that have kind of popped up on our radars. Where Flora's talking to an anti-vaxer. I'm talking. I've I've got a friend who's always putting stuff up on his Instagram about how we shouldn't be eating animals because of how cruel it is, and veganism is the only way to go. So I'm I'm curious to hear about the anti-vaxxer, though, especially the part where it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Well, it really wasn't, um, because this person was somebody I already knew. Um, I met her <laughs> at a witchy occult. <laughs> I remember a coven meeting. <laughs> <laughs> With my Wiccan starter kit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my, my black shoes and Wednesday Adam attire. Uh, um, and she, we were actually, we were talking about vaccines, um, and she said that, she couldn't see her grandchild for a year because she didn't have the whooping cough, the cough uh, vaccine. And I said, "Oh, um, well, it's, I, th- I think you can you can get it easily enough through your doctor. It's covered." She goes, "Oh no, we won't be getting that." And I I went, "Do you tell?" <laughs> and apparently, you know, there's those warning labels on medicines that exist because there was like that one case of the kid that died or someone had a weird allergic reaction. And they're the reason that people mutter for like really, really, really fast tones after like a medicine commercial. And then sometimes you'll be like, you're like, death, internal bleeding, like loss of noses, like stuff like that. Oh, yeah. All all the small print of what what these drugs will actually do. Yeah. Her kid was the one person that like they gave her the vax, took her home. Kids started screaming, running fevers, projectile vomiting, like had to be rushed to the hospital. And she said, you know, what could have caused this? And the doctor's like, oh, yeah, you're we think your kid is that one kid who had the reaction. And after that, she was so freaked out that she didn't get any more back child, including the measles, mumps and rubella, like all of them. And her yeah. argument was that she keeps her kid healthy enough that it's not a concern. And what was your response? She's relying upon the herd immunity that everybody else has provided, which is what that, the, that that's kind of the point of widespread vaccination, that, that you have one kid that has those bad reactions. But if everybody else is immunized, it doesn't make any difference. But the problem is, is that there's probably going to be other people that this person knows. It's like, oh, so-and-so's kid, you know, and now that we've damaged herd immunity because, you know, the few people that that person doesn't know won't do it because of that. That's And, you know, it's I mean, I understand her reaction and it's probably a sensible reaction in that case. Yeah, yeah. But I just I wasn't expecting that either because she like she's very pragmatic about so many. And I've met her daughter and she is relatively healthy, although the mom has a lot of health issues, too. But I just I guess I didn't expect like when I thought if I met someone who didn't vaccinate their kids, there would be this just like, oh, well, the heavy metals are dangerous and blah, blah, blah. I mean, she mentioned that, too. I Where chances are. Yeah. Most of them, their excuses are from a third or fourth hand account. But this is someone with an actual first hand account. Exactly. And I had never I didn't know. I hadn't witnessed that. And I mean, she was also super respectful of my choice to be standing there receiving vaccinations as you were talking. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, like they they have a guy. Uh, no, I I mean I had a a very adverse reaction to the detop um, shot too, but I'm immunocompromised, so there are shots that like I take that I wouldn't take, like flu shots. I know that 
when I was working with populations where people were fragile, I did those shots to protect them because you don't want to be responsible for, you know, people getting really, really sick. Even if you don't get sick, you can still be a carrier. So it, it, it was just, it was very strange to like, like and respect someone but disagree so deeply with their reasoning. So was that what your response was? I, I just, I my response was to just say, well, it sounds like you had a good reason for your actions. I unfortunately wouldn't have had that same option because of my situation. Um, but that I think people make the decisions that make sense for them because I didn't want to alienate this person and also to have a very strong reason and I didn't feel that I was going to be able to sway her. I think the discussion that comes in there, like it's, it's, a, it's, it can become a slippery slope when you're somebody who's faced with the scenario that that person is faced with, because like, it's kind of like you've got a kid who develops this particular food allergy. Now, you know, if you give this person rutabaga, they're going to have a bad reaction. So the answer to that is don't give them rutabaga, but it's saying, you know, it's almost it would be easy, not so much in that scenario, because everybody knows food is food, and you know you have your more you're more sensible about food. But saying I'm never going to get my kid have any vaccinations because they had a bad reaction to the MMR vaccine is kind of like saying my kid once ate a turnip and got a rash, so my kid's never going to eat food. You know? Yeah. That's where I would disagree with her yeah, rationale. But, but again, I, if, I don't, I don't if think you she have a bad reaction to one vaccine, there's a decent chance you're going to have a bad reaction because chances are that person didn't have a reaction to the to the killed virus that was in the vaccine. It was to some other product that the vaccine is manufactured with. What it was because there was no eggs, there was nothing. Like chances are, I mean. There's something that's in it. I mean, it's not it's not made out of thin air. So there's something that was in it. Very adamant, though. It was very yeah. it was very strange because I I have read so many situations where people are like talking about it, but I had never been in a situation where I met someone who was so sure that that was the right thing. Yeah. Or to throw it out there, it was something environmental that just happened to coincide with the time that they did that. The doctor took his best guess and now threw a whole wrench into everything that she believes. So. But anyway, it's it's one of those things where, again, herd immunity, the whole point of herd immunity is for that one kid. And it only this is not an issue. What becomes an issue is when every other kid in that kid's class is now not immunized because the parents said, oh, well, you know, Becky had a bad reaction. Therefore, I'm not getting our kid vaccinated. And now you've got a room full of kids with cholera. Like everybody of that. I, I guess my, yeah, my main problem with it is that, yeah, for, for, the, for the one time the small percentage science either failed, you know, if you want to get specific about it and, and feel kind of personally affronted that science failed your kid, but it seems kind of small minded to assume that from now on science will always fail your kid because of this one thing. Well, yeah. so getting a vaccine at age 13 is not the same as getting a vaccine as a baby. And I think. Yeah. Especially with DTAP, like whooping cough, you can carry it and you can never have any symptoms. Also, it means they're not going to get to see their kid for a, the granddaughter for a year because they're unwilling to vaccinate. So mm. that's kind of a downside. But yeah, and then that falls back on the issue that, you know, they, it's, if the kid can't get the vaccine, but, you know, there's nothing that says they can't. So, I mean, they could just walk into the, into the pharmacy and get it and then be done with it. But I mean, that that is one that people do have bad reactions to. So that was yeah. the reason 
he was very scared to do it anyway. It's it it can it can do like things to like uh, tendons and stuff, and it can inflame your arm because I got it and it did that to me. But it was like, oh, it's my arm, it's fine. I didn't die. But I think just someone who had the experience of having their child almost die as a, an infant from a shot would probably be more adverse to taking that risk. Mm. But yep, so that that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So I just had a look at my friend's uh, Instagram feed, the vegan. Oh my god! So now uh, there's a picture of. So he's got a picture of pigs <laughs> on a on, and they're on a roof that's uh, in part of floodwaters uh, during the hurricane. So this this is today, I I think. Oh, here we go. The leading cause of global warming, according to mainstream science, is animal agriculture. The very system responsible for needlessly breeding and exploiting these animals is also the cause of its own destruction. It only continues as long as consumers continue to pay for animal products. Uh, let's see. Victims of greed, corporate greed, blah, blah, blah. There's absolutely no need to be breeding animals into miserable existences in 2018 when we can live just fine on plant-based diet. I'm just going to throw it out there that I have never in my life known a healthy vegan. Um, I did. I volunteered at a marathon here. Were they a recent vegan? Were they, yeah. they I don't know enough to be able to afford all the the alternatives to meat. That's probably yeah, where it then, comes and from, and then also have the time to do the research or somebody to pay to make their meals for them because it's to milk the almonds and. <laughs> oh, who was I talking to? There was someone who was a dairy free uh, friend of mine, and we went to go get coffee, and she was asking about which different uh, milks they had, and because she was like, "Oh, do you do you almond milk or soy milk?" So she was like, uh, "Which kind of nut?" Or oh, what was it? It was uh, nut. <laughs> was it nut milk? <laughs> well, you're asking about their nut milk with a straight face. There, there was just released on Netflix. Is your friend American? Uh, no. There's a Netflix documentary that came out. So people have been very angry about cow farts lately. That yes. Well, I mean that's there. There is truth to that. That I mean cow. The the problem is here's the thing i don't mean to sound like a vegan vegetarian type person but there's a lot of really stupid things we as humans are doing in our food production because we're down there cutting down the rainforest which is the only thing that's you know making our air breathable in order to fill it full of cows which make the air not breathable so i mean it really makes no sense how we how we handle and and develop this there are ways to do responsible agriculture but it comes down to the fact that the demand for animal products is massive because people in a lot of countries primarily the u.s eat way too much meat and like i love meat and i am for metabolic purposes not because it's um you know cool and and stuff now but i am keto i have to eat primarily animal products in order to not basically be crippled and it's a problem because i know how much meat i eat and i know that how how big of a of a footprint that makes but it comes down to you know it's just we are terrible at foresight as a species not as any particular person or nation or anything like that as a species we have very little uh, foresight to the point where it's it's a meme in disaster movies that everybody doesn't believe the guy who's saying you know you get this bernie sanders looking fella running around with dropping his papers saying oh global warming oh don't believe that crazy guy oh no what's that oh it's global warming 
it's uh I, I think that just trying to convince everybody to go vegan like the the supply and demand thing like if you think about it deuced aren't isn't it going to waste that's a huge problem uh you know world's Absolutely. That's a huge problem worldwide because people talk about not having enough food to feed the world. We have enough food to feed the world twice over if we didn't put half of it in the garbage. You know, it's a matter of food allocation, not a matter of food production. So much food just gets hucked in the garbage because you get these, you know, large, these countries that have, that's, that's most of the problem. We have these countries that have this massive food production industry. You've got, you know, your Canada and your United States and your Brazil and your Australia and these countries that have tons of food production capacity. But then you got all these other countries that are massively overpopulated and, and, and you know, exist in not necessarily the friendliest place to grow food or because of, you know, the government or lack thereof don't have the capacity to do that. And the food is not going from one place to the other because, you know, money. So I feel like you wouldn't even necessarily have to have people change their diets so much as just change the way the global food industry operates. Mm -hmm. That's like not a small feat. No, that sounds really easy. We can do that. Yeah, let's do that. Eating meat, that's not, that's not the problem, I feel. No, it's... There are many other problems that lead up to that. And, and the, the, the tr- there is some truth that if everybody, you know, maybe reduced their, their meat intake by 20%, which probably would be not a terrible thing for a lot of nations, especially those struggling with a nationwide, you know, obesity epidemic. Yeah. You know, it, it might not be a terrible thing to, to uh, entertain that notion, but you're right. If we could, if we stopped, you know, spending, what is it like? I can't even remember. It's some ridiculous amount of vegetable matter that you need to feed to a cow in order to make a, a pound of, of beef. And the, 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 the conversion rate is just terrible. And, but Not even if you factor in how much methane that cow is giving back. Yeah, like atmosphere. how much water it takes. Um, it's just, it's crazy. But uh, they're doing to the animals to keep them, preserve them, and then what people are taking in. So it's like all of it's a kind of a bad cycle because the quality of meat that's being produced isn't even good. Yeah. And then and then a lot of it is just a lot of it ends up then just going in the garbage because, you know, they can't sell it in time or. But that's the reason why they have to keep these animals in such terrible conditions. And then you get crappy quality food is because half of it is being wasted and not sold. So the whole process the whole process from beginning to end needs to be completely overhauled, but that's never going to happen because rugged individualism and keep the government out of business, except when business is the government. So the only answer is either soil green or zombie alligator sandwiches. Done. Done. Problem solved. Totally. Everybody spam now. <laughs> it's faux spam. It's zombie koala spam. Uh, <laughs> does that end the, the mouthy vegan or just yeah, why everyone got to be crazy, crazy conversation? Uh, one one final crazy. Sean had people that he finds crazy are people that complain <laughs> about when the government does a thing, yeah. and then the other half of people complain when the do- government. Doesn't I mean, this do a thing. this is again, this is another one of those things that's that's uh, it's a routine meme. I mean, you, you the whole you can please all the people some of the time, some of the people all of the time, but never all of the people all of the time because anything that a government agency does, first of all, people are automatically primed 
to distrust or just otherwise tear apart anything a government agency does, sometimes for good reason, because, I mean, governments are huge, huge entities, and anything that gets that big with that many moving parts, whether or not it's a bureaucratic entity or it's just a large company, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing and all that kind of stuff happens. But my particular incident that triggered this discussion that I had with somebody earlier was the the Parks Canada Grossmore National Park in Newfoundland. It's a huge national park. It's got a ton of, you know, trails and amenities and campgrounds and stuff like that. But there used to be this this is really beautiful boat tour that you can do where you go down this, it's like a kilometer or two down this uh, trail through the through the woods and through the bog, and then you get down there, and then you get on this boat and you go down through this freshwater fjord, and they do like a tour of oh look over here and look at this rock formation and look over here oh, it's really cool it's beautiful to to go and see, and people were complaining about the accessibility because it was a fairly narrow trail it was a trail that went like through the woods and then they had the boardwalk over the bog, and. So they said, oh, okay, you know, accessibility is an important buzzword right now because you got to have your accessible this and your accessible that and your smudge sticks and your all this kind of stuff everywhere you go. <laughs> That's fair. And it's it's a big push right now, especially in the government, to be completely inclusive of everybody of any, you know, any ability level of any any particular trait you can come up with. The government is supposed to be a completely inclusive. And so what they said is, okay, we're going to widen this road or this path and make it, you know, wide enough, you know, three or four feet wide. We're going to make it. And now people and and, and then people are, are now having an absolute fit about it, saying, oh, they ruined the pristine nature of the trail. And other people, the people that are in the wheelchairs are like, well, now it's gravel instead of hard pack. So it's even harder for people in wheelchairs. It's like, well, it's the first year. It is a work in progress. And also, we now have a shuttle service for you because it's wide enough for this shuttle. So get on the shuttle with on the little Accessa bus and have it take you down there. But no, nothing is ever good enough. And maybe in this scenario, they didn't do all of their due diligence, but it comes up time and again. We used to see it when we worked at the university. People didn't see a whole story about why something was the way it was, so therefore it was stupid. And... I deal with that where I am now as well, working again for the, for the government within Environment Canada and everything that everybody does is dumb. And Environment Canada is the worst because they're the government and blah, 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 blah. So yeah, people... I think my, my favorite example of that is the Simpsons one when they were trying to be... Uh, remember the aliens were trying to be two different presidential candidates? Yes. And trying to please everybody. Abortions and I love for that everyone. And Abortions boom. for no one. <laughs> and then they said, fine, abortions for some... Tiny American flags for others. Yay! That that was the most poignant note on that on that conversation. I think it's it's still so applicable. I say my opponent's goal goes too far, and I say my opponent's goal doesn't go too far enough. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it, yeah. It's it's always it's easy well, to blame. Yeah, I mean we're we're the we're primed. And I see, like, everybody do it. We are primed to assume that those who are making decisions for us are idiots. Whether when we're children, we don't... Like, when we're teenagers, we think our parents are the dumbest people on the planet. 
because they're the ones who are in charge of things you do and things you get. And, and, and you know, you don't see, again, you don't see the whole picture. There are bigger issues at, at stake. You don't understand the concept of household finances or whatever is going on. Well, not not seeing the big picture almost comes down to focusing on the individual as opposed to focusing on the group. The same thing with this uh, an- anti-vaxxer that Flora was talking to. Which, which mm-hmm. is just that someone, you know, someone saying and pounding on the government's door. How come your vaccine uh, didn't help my child? How come it happened to be bad for my child? Isn't it supposed to, you know, uh, you told us that this was supposed to be good. And they said, well, uh, the answer is just we can't. It, nothing is 100%. Nothing. Nothing is perfect. That's the me before you mentality and the me before, well, the me before everyone mentality. And that's kind of, I mean, every... Everybody has that, but you see that mentality so much in the culture of, of the of the U.S. And a little bit recently, it's almost celebrated. Yeah, it's very much celebrated. Be an individual. Take care yeah. of you. Self Radical self-care. What? What's radical self-care? You don't know what radical... Dude, Google that. No. Radical self-care is just like, forget about everybody else. Just take care of yourself. Yeah. And usually there's a, a picture of like mountains. A hashtag and someone has a meaningful quote about sparkles inside and the universe and it's rugged it's rugged it's it's yeah it's this it's this year's version of rugged individualism where everybody is supposed to be completely self-sufficient you live off the land you've got your you you own your land you've got a basement full of gold coins because you don't trust the, the, the banks and you go out in the woods and you live there like off the grid off the grid like rambo that's that's like that is like the, the the cultural pinnacle of how a successful person exists in in the United States because it's like you know you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a Ron Swanson. They're also vegan know? and their children are unschooled. And- <laughs> yeah, but I mean you know, and so this is like a thing now. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what though, it's I, I can see. Sorry, I got I got I gotta I gotta. Just expound on this a little more. The, the thing is well, that you, I gotta go. I gotta roast to the other. No, it's it's it comes down to it comes down to govern <laughs> to distrust of government. And I mean, let's let's really be honest with this. I, I don't know that it's entirely out of the realm of sensible to currently trust the to currently distrust the uh, the extant government. True, they make it really easy to distrust them. Yeah. It makes it really easy to market. Let's be independent of buy our, you know, North Face gear, and you can be independent of the government. <laughs> but at, at the same time, I'm I'm objectively thinking. All right, there are a bunch of idiots currently in charge of my local area, overarching local area, and probably country at large. However, whatever we've got now makes a heck of a lot more sense than feudalism or outright anarchy, which seems to be what, just do what you want for yourself. And yeah, why does the government have to listen to you? Yeah. Or why do you have to listen to the government? Well, because we wouldn't last a month Hmm. if we didn't have some form of, you know what? These dudes over here in the suits, they're making decisions and inevitably they affect me. I might not agree with 100% of them. I don't really have to, but I feel like there is... I'm a a happy sheep to be shepherded. I think a lot of people romanticize the idea of uh, a libertarian society. 
and, and you know it's like oh well you know because people say oh what about you know the 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 bad the the bad elements of society that are going to want to take what isn't theirs and make it theirs oh well you know we'll we'll police ourselves because you can have private police forces like well put any power in the hands of of anybody whether you've just made you've just remade a government basically if you if you had a little you know utopian private piece of, of property that you said okay i'm gonna move a thousand people here and we're all gonna live completely independent of the government on with completely libertarian ideals kind of like burning man you're going to form a government because you know yeah otherwise there will be a hierarchy yeah you're going to form people who are in charge and making decisions for those above i mean you know it's i think they have some sort of council of elders for even burning them, you know? <laughs> i mean it's it's a fictional scenario but if you if you watch the various seasons of the walking dead Basically, what you see is Rick and his friends running up against these, you know, interim governments that have been set up in the vacuum created by the the fall of society. He, you know, you you'll get mm. him running up against the governor, him running up against Negan. These are all just various forms of government that or any of those movies. There's there is there's some form of somebody controlling the spice. Yeah, exactly. There's always some form of authority, whether they're you know beneficial or, or you know be, they're benevolent or they're you know like now those are works of fiction oh, absolutely so but, i mean the, really we have not had the kind of apocalyptic event that could prove recently, any of theories recently they are works of fiction based upon how society used to be hundreds of years ago I mean, you look at feudal japan was not that long ago you look at you know, the medieval uh, histories of England. These are all times when it was just, if you had power and you had men to follow you and fight for you, you you owned the land and you were in charge. But it was cyclical because then one warlord takes over and he becomes stronger than everybody else. And then every he gets a big giant land of so many of the smaller warlords. And then he becomes, a, and then he gets a target on, on his back and eventually somebody takes yeah. him out. That's how it works. And then they say, well, that didn't work. Let's go back to owning our own lands again. Yeah. Repeat cycle. Yeah. And you know, and you know what happens at the end of all that? You have the United States, which was mm. all just a big piece of land fought over by, you know, England, Spain, France, and uh, the Native Americans that were there. And they all just fought until eventually they said, OK, let's make our own country and still, you know, not let the Native people who were here first have anything. We don't do much better up here. No. Well, no, we don't. But one of the really biggest ironies I'm listening to you guys talking about like people forming their own government. So the people who like on social media are like off the grid and wild crafting food and doing all these things with tinctures and living off the land and living off the grid are still utilizing internet, uh, internet <laughs> phone, <laughs> utilizing Etsy to advertise their products distributing through the u.s postal system credit card companies so they're they're still in the grid they're just doing it with a different agenda and within those communities there are leaders who are saying you should be living this lifestyle and doing what i'm doing and then all these other people are looking to those people to live a certain way so they have an online government which is still very much reliant on the grid with the illusion that they are living away from them and getting back to which is just yeah, and no matter how how far off the grid they get, if and, and, you know they'll say, "Oh, we're we're living an independent life." And if you want to be independent from like corporate America, that's one thing. But don't fool yourself into ever thinking that you're living independent of the government, e even though like maybe you're not interacting with the services the government offers. 
which maybe you're you're not you know paying traditional taxes because you don't have a traditional income that can be taxed but i mean let's let's be real if there was suddenly like an interstate bypass had to be built right through your land it's going to be built and you're done yeah so so many stupid people everyone except us well i think that mostly wraps it up for uh for this for this podcast episode that made a dent in the list. You did. Uh, I want to specifically thank Flora for for being here. I, I my my one big question was: Is Flora short for Florence? No, it's just Flora. Yeah, just Blair. Flora. Flora, like, Flora yeah, Blair. Blair. Flora Blair. Whatever Thinkle. Whatever you said. Flora Blair. <laughs> Flora Blair. Wienerstein Proudmore. Wienerstein Proudmore. <laughs> No, that my grandmother was Florence, but my mom didn't like that name, so we it was just Florence. So we went with something remarkably similar to it. So basically, your name is your mother saying, Mom, I hated your name. No, no. Here's how it could be better. Blah, I hated Flor Blah, in brackets, I hated your name. Full name. Full name, full stop. Yep. Well, join us again in uh, two weeks. We'll probably not have a, a guest again, not just because it didn't work, but... Because she was terrible. We'll just have a guest every now and then, and for the most part, it'll just be Sean and I shouting at clouds. Sean can handle the technology to split all of us together. That's uh, the other point. Well, I will, I will attempt, and I, I apologize in advance, but at the end, if that was terrible, and I will try to uh, buy Flora a new computer so that she can actually record this in high, high quality. When all else fails, blame Vic. Well, it is... It is his fault. He is the one who, uh, I don't know, sucks. <laughs> I'm going to have your high quality one, Ross, and I'm going to have one that's going to be all three of us. Ugh.